An ecologist named Suzanne Samard wondered if uh, trees communicate with each other in the forest. And so she put uh, plastic bags over a bunch of trees. And then she took radioactive gas, carbon-13 and 14, and infused them into a couple of trees. And then a bear and her cub came, and she ran to her car really quickly. And she was there for quite a while, and then the bears left. And she came back with her suit and her respirator and her Geiger counter. And she went to those first trees, and sure enough, she could hear the radioactive material. And then much to her delight, she went to all the surrounding trees, and sure enough, She heard the radioactive material. It went down those trees, through the ground, and up to the surrounding trees. I always thought trees went, you know, drew things up. Uh, and that's been confirmed many times over. They found that this goes in between species, so in between birch and fir, but not in between fir and, say, spruce. Uh, that a birch tree doesn't have any leaves for a period of time, so it lacks carbon, but the fir tree will send carbon down through the forest floor and up to the birch tree. And then when the birch tree has lots of green leaves and is grabbing lots of carbon, it sends the excess down the, through the floor and to the fir tree. And even more amazing to me is they found what they call mother trees or hub trees. And these trees take care of a lot of trees in the forest. And they can even recognize which children are theirs. They recognize which seed fell from themselves. And the tree will give that sapling four times more carbon than the trees around it. That is incredible to me. <laughs> there are a lot of cool trees in the Bible. There's Tree of Life and Zacchaeus climbed a tree, lots of trees. But we're going to talk about two trees today. Uh, we don't have a clicker. The wireless is down, so I'll just tell Ron to go ahead and move, move forward a couple there. One more. This is the, the mapping of the trees, the groups of trees, and how they interacted. And Go ahead and go again, Ron. And this is a fungus. Uh, they, they connect through a fungal network underneath the forest floor, and it's really dense. Under one step there can be up to a kilometer of networks in between. And these fungal networks deliver the carbon and nitrates and phosphorus. It's just incredible to me. Okay, go ahead to the next one. This illustrates it, uh, where you go from one tree to another and they take care of each other. And go ahead and go one more, Ron. And for those of you that have been walking with God a long time, you know Psalms 1 really well, and you've heard it many times. And I would just say, open your ears and eyes and hear it afresh and anew. For those of you that have not been walking with God, it's a really cool passage. Uh, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the steps with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners that take or sit in the company of mockers. And it's just simply saying, don't hang out with, you know, really bad people. If you hang out with bad people a lot, you're going to acquire a lot. But what we want to focus is on the second half of this verse that many of you know well. But those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. That is where we get the idea of a tree. Uh, king David wrote this. He was the second king in Israel. And he was probably thinking, when he thinks law, um, blessed is the man who sits in the law of the Lord, would be the Pentateuch, those first five books of the Bible. Um, but by extension, if he lived a lot longer or came later, he would probably include all the rest, the Jeremiah, the Isaiah, Daniel, First and Second Kings, all of those. And by extension to us, I would say even New Testament, that we're talking about the Bible as we know it, that we are blessed 
if we really invest well in God's law or God's word. This is a no-brainer for some, a fresh reminder for others, and brand new idea for some people in the room, probably. Uh, that is not my side. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> go to the next one. There you go. Those are trees in my, my front yard. That's our neighbor in the back. But those used to have three trees, and now there's only one. <laughs> I forgot to... They had a long dry season in the spring and both trees on either side died because they were not planted by the streams of water. The plant on the left is a mutant tomato plant. It, we didn't plant it, it just showed up and started growing. So that's a, that's a separate lesson. Go ahead, Ron. Whose delight is on the, law, uh, on the law of the Lord? Let me catch up here in my notes. Um, it's understandable if some of you, you talk about the Bible and you're like, I'm just kind of sick of the Bible. Uh, I heard one guy speak that he's really, he really got tired of reading the Bible because he had read it so much. So the only way that he could absorb it is he asked his wife to read to him for a season until he felt like, hey, I could get back into the Word of God. I myself have studied it a lot, gone through stretches where I just, man, I, I, it's just a little old. And so I went and bought a, a comic book Bible and I slowly went through this little by little. And I still did not want to hang out in the Bible very much, so I went and bought another one. And I still was not really ready to dive a lot into the Bible, and so I bought another one. <laughs> but after a time, I was ready to return to the Bible on my, on my own. And I don't know where you're sitting in life, how you feel about the Bible, but it is an incredible book. I understand if there's doubters in in the room, I don't know where it came from. It's unreliable. Some things in there don't make a lot of sense. Those doubts are, are great. Pay attention to those doubts. I'm a doubter by nature, and so I research those things. Pay attention to them. But it really is a supernatural book. Go ahead, Ron. The Bible has sold 5 billion copies. That doesn't make it supernatural, but pretty amazing. Easily the best-selling book on the planet. The Quran is probably second at about 900 million. But what makes it amazing, it's written over 1,500 years. It's written by 40 different people from all walks of life. Uh, tax collectors and kings and prophets and homeless people. And it's just an amazing book. And what's amazing is that they all agree. A very complex idea, God, they all agree about. We could grab 40 people in this room and pick a topic, and it would be really hard for 40 people just in this room to agree on something, right? If we said, the, the earth is round. <laughs> we would say, yeah, the earth is round. But somebody would say, well, it's not really round. You know, it's got mountains, and the ocean's got crevasses, and it's more elliptical. And <laughs> we wouldn't be able to agree. But these people agree over a long period of time. It's an incredible book. Uh, and I'm just going to give you a couple examples. And this is hopefully just a fresh reminder to some of you. Go ahead, Ron. Job 38 is an incredible book. Uh, scientists used to believe that the universe just existed. But then we discovered, the Bible said, no, there was a beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and the scientists found out, actually, there was a beginning of the universe. Scientists used to think, astronomers used to think, hey, the, the universe was static. But the Bible said over and over that God is actively expanding the universe. And scientists figured out, well, actually, the universe is expanding in a lot of directions. And this is one great verse among many. It says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Pleiades is a constellation. Go ahead, one more, Ron. This is the Pleiades. And it's the, science, the, the um, astronomers now know that Pleiades is one of the most stable constellations in the sky. It's a group of stars. They're all moving in the same direction at the same speed. If you fast forward time, 
it's still going to be there. And the Bible says, can you bind the beautiful Pleiades? It knows that that group of stars is bound together. And that's 3,000 years before the first telescope was ever made. The next verse. Can you loose Orion's belt? Next one. Orion is the three stars in the sky right there. The belt, and unlike Pleiades, Orion is not a stable constellation. The two stars on the right are moving quickly to the right. The middle will eclipse the one on the right eventually. And the one on the left is moving this way. The, the belt is being loosened. It is going out. And again, Job says this 3,000 years before we actually learn it what it is. And then the last one. Go ahead, Ron. The bear with their cubs. The bear is its one of the brightest stars in the sky. Not a planet, but a star. It's thousands of times bigger than our sun. It is moving through space faster than our sun. It's so massive. It is trailing celestial bodies behind it. The bear and her cubs are following it. The Bible, again, predicts this many, many more years. This is the Old Testament. The New Testament fills with things that are just as amazing as many of us know. Jesus says, hey... I want you, when you walk into a room, I want you to gravitate to the least of these. The people in this room or wherever you are that are the least, the outcast, the overlooked. That's where I want you to gravitate to. That is me. I want you to be there. Jesus has the world-changing idea of to love your, love your enemies, your neighbors too, but love your enemies. If you have an enemy... I want you to genuinely love that person. I want you to bless them. I want you to, if they're hungry, give them some food. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. That is a world-changing idea. If he comes up with what I've heard called the platinum rule. The, the bronze rule would be an eye for an eye. You poke my out, I get to poke your out. The golden rule, as many of us know, is um, love as you want to be loved. But the platinum rule is Jesus says, a new commandment I give you. As I have loved you, you must love one another. And these, along with many ideas, make the Bible itself incredible. So my challenge to you, I don't know where you are at with God, but is to delight in God's law. Can you say delight for me? Delight. Can you say meditate? Meditate on God's law a little more. I don't know where you're at. But a little more. Put your phone away. I know that's sacred ground. Put your phone away a little bit and spend a little more time in God's Word. Two things last forever. People and God's Word. And that's where you want to spend your time. So that's the first tree. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything here before we move on. Yeah, one more thing. Go ahead, Ron. Uh, for Hebrews 12, 4.12, uh, there could have been lots of verses that I picked over this, but this is the one. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It gets inside of who you are, right? I'm, I'm in the morning. I'm spending time with Jesus, little time in the word. I'm literally praying by my bed, on my knees, praying for my family. Lord, just help make it a great day. I want to be a great ambassador of you today. It doesn't take me 30 seconds to get from my knees to my kitchen. And one of our four sons is doing something I've asked him 30 times not to do. And I've asked you so many times to do this. I'm so frustrated. Like instantly my heat, I go from zero to 100. The anger inside of me is, am I alone in this? Like, <laughs> I was just hanging out with Jesus, and then I get to right here. Like, how, is that, how does that get that way? 
But this summer, we did an awesome three-week road trip to the Grand Canyon and back. And we did, as a family, we said, let's memorize uh, 1 Corinthians 13. It's called the love chapter. Uh, and we did uh, motions for it. So love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud, right? Uh, but that got into me over the summer. And I'm just short with my son. And love is patient, Rick. Love is patient. It's kind. You were not patient and kind. All right, you're right. So I got to go to my son again, not the first time, not the last, but to say, hey, will you forgive me? I am really convicted. I'm so sorry. Will you please forgive me for my elevated tone, if that makes sense? The word of God gets into you. It is living and active. Okay, go ahead, Ron. The next um, tree is planted 350 years later. And by a guy named Jeremiah, they call him the weeping prophet because God gave him a message that was not fun to deliver. Judah, you're going down. You are sacrificing your kids, literally killing your children for other gods. I'm going to bring Babylon and wipe you out. Not a fun message to give. But he writes this. Go ahead, Ron. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the streams of water. Sound familiar? That sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. We don't know if Jeremiah was at the temple and he heard Psalms 1 written, or he was reading it himself, or he had memorized it, or maybe he wasn't thinking about it at all. But they're so similar that I think he was thinking about Psalms 1, that tree that was planted long ago. And he's planting a new tree. Yeah, there's the comparisons. They're just too similar. And what he urges is what? Go ahead, one more, Ron. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Can you say trusts? Trust. The one whose confidence is in Him. We would be people who trust in the Lord. There's something called general revelation. Go ahead, Ron. And that's, uh, oh, here's the connection, the two trees. Uh, one more. If you look at that, the one before, you've got to think, there must be a God for that to happen. If you look at majesty, you think, that there's got to be a God, right? That's general revelation, but we talk about specific, more personal revelation in your lives. When I was in college, I cheated on a calculus test. You know, I'm halfway through the problem, and in calculus, you have to show your, your path, and I get stuck, and I know if I can find the end, I can make the path to it. And so I just looked and saw the answer, and I got my path, and I got my good grade. But a couple days later, God is on my heart like, that was not right, Rick. You need to go make this right. Well, I could get kicked out of university for this. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you still need to go do this. So I went to my professor and told him, and he was totally generous with me. Uh, but it gets, gets on your heart, right? Specific. Uh, when I was after college, my dad's a doctor. Hide mom and dad. I'm sure they're probably watching wherever the cameras are. Uh, but healthcare was going really wonky, and so they went to a franchise fair to see if they could buy a franchise just in case he wasn't going to be a doctor anymore. Uh, and they didn't see anything they liked, but what they did see, go ahead, Ron, is, uh, okay, this is not trusting God. We don't want to look like this. You know, will it hold? Can I stay on? But it's more like this. Next one. That's me with my son, Charlie. Forgive the shirtless picture in church, but that's intimate. That is Skin to skin, that is me getting to know him, him getting to know me. That's the type of intimate trust we want to build. Okay, one more run. That's what I'm talking about. My parents say they saw this gumball machine and they said, well, we don't want to do it, but maybe Rick would want to do it. And so I prayed 
Then I really strongly felt like God said, green light, you should do this. And in my heart, I said, I am not going to doubt God in this. I'm going to do this. And so I, this was January, and I probably waited too long to start, but I went to try and place these 10 machines. They were $2,000 each, so a $20,000 loan for mom and dad. I'm starting to sweat. So I get out there, and I start knocking on doors, and every door I go to, they say, uh, somebody else just came by with that. No, uh, we're all going to get one. We're not interested. And I was probably not a very good salesman to begin with. But uh, three months go by, January, February, March. I still cannot place a single machine. And mom and dad wisely come to me and say, you know, Rick, I think you should sell these machines because we need to get some of our, our money back. And, and I said, no, God promised me. I'm going to believe what he said. I am going to live it out. January, February, March, April, May, I'm losing confidence. I don't even want to knock on doors anymore. And I was working at Microsoft at the time, and I remember right where I was. I, could, I, I, could take, I was walking over a parking island, and I, the thought entered my brain. I, I guess I heard wrong. I didn't, I guess I just wanted it for myself. I, I'm going to sell these things. And a couple days later, Blockbuster Video calls me. Uh, and Blockbuster was this place where you could rent tapes that would show movies, tapes. And you'd put it in a machine, and then you could rent discs, that, which were like a record, which is even, <laughs> right? But they called, and they said, we got your proposal. I'd done this logo to make me look really official, like I had a bunch of machines. And they said, we want to give it a try. And they put it in three stores, and they did really well, and then 10. And then he gave me all the stores from uh, Everett all the way down to Tacoma. And I felt like God said, I really love the way that you trusted me, Rick, that I, I'm going to give you more to trust me for. My muscles got stronger, if that makes sense. That's what you want to be listening to. And also trusting in God, another example would be in the here and now, that God can speak to us right where we are. I remember I got countless examples, but one, I was praying with this guy I'd never met and never seen since. But clearly, I got the image of an apple core, you know, where you put the thing over the apple and it cores it and flowers it. And that's clearly came to my mind. And I just like, I don't know. I haven't seen one of those or used one in 10 years. And I told him this and he said, I, I use one of those almost every morning. And God had this, I can still remember the clear revelation God gave from that little thing. And people speaking directly to me with visions like that, that we would be people who genuinely actively trust in God. Checking my time. How we're doing, make sure I'm on track. It's making sense. Are we tracking? Good. So what does it get us? Go ahead, Ron. It, these are the things that they agree on, these things. You trust in the Lord. You're planted by the rivers of water. It does not fear when heat comes. Heat will come. You're going to have problems in your You may have problems in your marriage, with your kids, relationships, business, church, Heat will come, right? We all know this. You will not fear if you're spending time with, in God's word, getting to know him, and actively, not passively, actively trusting God, you will not fear as much as you would when heat comes. Go ahead, the next one. Its leaves are always green, or Psalm says, the leaf does not wither. That tomato plant out the door, I walked out the door this morning, it's wilting. If I'm not watering it, it shows right away. But if I water it, it freshes right away. It gets back to where it was right away. And that's the way we are. If we're actively trusting God and actively, consistently in God's word, you will be refreshed. 
Um, right now, it, the heat is on for me right now. I'm feeling a ton of heat. Um, I've got a great marriage. All four kids are healthy. We own a home, so it's all relative, right? In the world scheme, we're awesome. <laughs> but personally, I have some significant health problems going on. I've got personal stuff, property stuff, leadership stuff in the church. It's, I just, it's heat right now. But I have been faithful to spend time in God's word and actively trust him. So I'm not wilting as much as I would, if that would make sense. Go ahead, Ron. It has no worries in a year of drought. This is not just heat, but long periods in your life where something is bad. I don't know what it is for you, a marriage or whatever, but a year of drought. About 18 years ago, I went through a really nasty season of life. It was really, really bad. And I honestly don't know if I would be here today, if I was not actively in God's word and actively seeking a relationship with him, it is so important. I don't know, in a room this big, there's some major heartache. And I urge you to spend time in God's word and to be intimate in trusting him. Okay, Ron. It never fails to bear fruit. Fruit is an ambiguous, you know, metaphor, but, you know, a friend, I'm, I'm mentoring this guy, he's dead to God, and now suddenly he's alive to God. He wants to read the Bible. Um, or personally, I'm becoming more patient or more kind, or my marriage is getting better, or my business is getting better. That's the kind of fruit I think he's talking about. You're not guaranteed succeed. Your bank account won't automatically grow up. Your social following won't increase. That's not what we're talking about. But he will bless the works of your hands. One more, Ron. Whatever they do prospers. This is... It, it, you're not guaranteed success. Um, the Apostle Paul, he was this guy who hated Jesus, killed Christians, and then he fell in love with him and gave the rest of his life to advance the kingdom of God. And at the end of his life, he writes 2 Timothy. And it's really a letter of failure. There's people abandoning their faith, shipwrecking their faith. He says, everyone in the providence of Asia has deserted me. Only Luke is with me. The end of his life, all this amazing ministry, and he's by himself. He's only got Luke. He says, go get Mark. Mark's a guy that fought with him early on. He says, go get Mark and bring him. Even him. Like, I need some help here. Uh, it, you could see it. But God prospered him. Not in the way that we might think of it in Western thinking, but he prospered him. Outside of Jesus, it's hard to argue that besides Paul, someone who, who affected the Western world specifically more than Paul, he spread the good news and changed the world because of that. Um, are you tracking with me? All right, we'll close with this idea. Um, yeah, what do we got? I think the trees are related to get back to our rhythm. The tree on the left might be in God's word. The tree on the right is trusting in God. If you spend time in God's word and you get to know him, it goes through the forest floor and into the other tree and it helps you trust God more. When you trust God actively and he proves himself, you go back to the scriptures, they become more and more alive, right? If I order breakfast and I, I order it up and they give it to you to bring to me and it's got scrambled eggs mixed in with some bacon and onions and olives and mushrooms and a side of coffee and some orange juice and a peach and an avocado, you would bring that right to me because you don't know me, right? But if my four-year-old son saw that, he would say, oh, daddy loves peaches. He probably loves peaches a little too much, I think, right? And my seven-year-old son would pick up a little more. He likes scrambled eggs. But maybe Eli here, he's like, dad doesn't like coffee. 
but if Rebecca got that plate, she would say, this is not Rick's dinner, breakfast. He, did not, he doesn't like mushrooms or olives, and he doesn't like coffee or avocados. Like, this is somebody else's meal. And that's because she knows me really well. She spent time with me. She's gotten to know me. And the same is true in God's Word. If you spend time in God's Word, turn off the TV, not always. Turn off your phone, not always. Spend time in God's Word. He's going to be more real to you. If you actively trust Him and what He's saying, what He's pushing into your life, pushing into, it's going to help with this. They feed each other, and you'll be able to know what God orders for breakfast. Like, yes, that's from God, or no, that is definitely not God. All right? So my final urge to you, hang out with God in the Bible and trust Him actively. Let me go ahead and pray for us. Father, thank you so much for your word. It is living and active. And even now, I just pray that it would be active in the lives of the people in this room. That it's like this awesome evil, awesome alien inside of us just doing good works for us. Would you do that for us, Father? And actively trust in you. Would you give people, prompt them. It is almost impossible to find examples of people in the Bible who are hanging out with you that are not asked to do things that are well beyond their comfort zone things they would not say or do or believe without the activity of God. Would you challenge the people in this room to believe you for big things? In Jesus' name, amen.